0: Hello and welcome to the Conrad Life Report, episode thirteen. Today is Thursday, February seventh. Um, continuing my minor streak of recording this at for me unusual times. It is currently six forty-five in the evening, and I'm able to do this at this time because Oliver's out at a uh, gardening class lesson thing at school, which means I have the place to myself and I can actually do this at the kitchen counter in the middle of this empty apartment um, at this time of day. Usually it's very loud and hectic at this time of day. So here we go then. Um, Let's see. Well, the... um, Episode was two weeks ago, I guess it was. I was on my way to Cincinnati. That was the other unusual time I recorded it at four a m because I had to get up early anyway and um I didn't want to go an, an, another week without doing one. so I got up early and did it and It was really zen like It was fun to be up in the middle of the night having and being feeling i guess mildly refreshed um even though it was so early and um you know when you wake up that early and you're going to the airport or you're doing something <clears throat> you uh you sort of like your body wakes itself up because it's it's such an unusual set of occurrences so so that felt good to do that episode um and now I'm doing it at this time I would love to do the episodes like this because I'm sitting at a comfortable kitchen counter bar stool uh not my like my normal hunched over barely whispering kind of sitting on the floor usually um nicer. I would like to do it like this more often. We'll see. Anyway, so since the last episode, the big news has been my trip to Cincinnati. Uh basically been going. I I've always liked to go often because I like going home because I just like the comforts of being at home. Um and I like going to Cincinnati because I just kind of like it there and it's become a very fun place to visit the past 10 or 15 years, there's a lot to do, which there wasn't before. And now I have, um, in addition to my family, I have uh, my friends, Brian, Beth Devendorf, and the kids and everything. So it's always a good little trip to go. So the main reason I've been going a lot more lately is uh, just my dad hasn't been in tip top health for the past year. So I've been going home every couple of months, really, as often as possible. Uh, very fortunate to have. A boss at work who is very understanding and will let me go and uh, sometimes use some vacation time. I'll I'll ask for a day or half day off. But other times I'm allowed to just work remotely. So that's what I do, um, which is great. It's also also on the work side. It's nice to do that because it's just I'm just a big believer in little changes in the routine is just good for keeping it sharp. And it's nice to sit on the living room couch and just sort of get up early and, and work and just walk downstairs in pajamas basically and, and log on. Um, or before logging on time, I, I would get in the car, which is obviously an unusual fun thing. And, um, uh, cause I don't have a car and drive to get coffee or drive to the Kroger. Um, more on Kroger in a minute, by the way. Anyway. So anyway, uh, good trip my dad is my dad is doing okay he's pretty weak but he's home at least he was not home for a month so it's good that he's back um so going through the day so the day later in the day um, on the last podcast recording anyway when i got to cincinnati i worked a full day uh took an uber home cuz i don't have Lyft cuz i use juno when i'm in new york city so i use i used uber which i only do I don't like to use Uber but um so that's how I got home um it's kind of weird to take an Uber such a long distance uh which is like it's about a 20 it's about 25 miles from the airport to my parents' house uh, cuz you kind of have to go around the loop it's the fastest way so you don't really go straight if it was straight it'd be like 11 miles but you got to you got to go around this half thing so <clears throat> took an Uber home worked at home um I think I ran out to get coffee at lunchtime, and uh, yeah, so let's see, after dinner, my dad uh, was getting ready for bed, he goes to bed early now, um, my mom and my dad, so anyway, my old, my good friend Chris Thurlow was in town, Chris is um, a friend from New York who lives in Washington and currently travels to Africa often, because he works for USAID, Um, but Because of the government shutdown, he was not working and he decided to, he's fortunately in a position where he was able to actually take a little couple of day trip um, during the shutdown, as opposed to others who were not able to do that because of the shutdown. Anyway, he flew to Cincinnati because he is a college basketball fanatic and more specifically a Providence College fanatic. So Providence was playing Xavier he went to the Profit and savior game the day before i got there and then the night that i that i arrived he also went to the uc game university of cincinnati they were playing tulsa the golden hurricane <clears throat> so anyway i think that was kind of a blowout he left early i picked him up on the uc campus uh in the right uh, sort of on um what's the name of that street jefferson i guess jefferson near mcmillan on that corner um and then we just drove down through down Mount Auburn into Over the Rhine, uh, and it was kind of a snowy night. It was snowflakes, um, if I recall, and uh, went down to Rheingeist, which is sort of the, the high-profile brewery of Cincinnati. It's, um, in, I think I've spoken of it before, but it's in this huge space. It's almost the size of a city block. Um, it's on the third floor of this warehouse. You, you walk in, and you walk up these steps up to the third floor. And it's just enormous. It's the type of place where it's like three stories tall when you're in there. Um, half of it, less than half of it, is a full wiffle ball court they clear out sometimes. you know. So it's one of those huge spaces that's very impressive when you walk in. He was impressed. But for whatever reason on a Thursday night, maybe because it was so freezing, which it was freezing, and also because it was snowy out, wasn't that busy. I was surprised. And this place, guys has has a very small private parking lot, which is almost never, which is always, always full. And anyway, that night, there was actually a, a place to park in this tiny lot, so we parked. I did my usual thing of walking about 30 seconds and then being scared that I didn't actually lock the car or turn the lights off, which is a muscle memory issue for me, because since I don't have a car, I'm constantly, like, worried that I didn't turn the car off or something when I leave, um... Although cars don't let you do that now, these nice modern cars—they they warn you in many ways. Um, so we went in, met met, uh, met my friend Pete, and so Pete and Chris and I had a couple of beers at Ryan and it was really fun. And I, then I drove Chris back to uh, his hotel downtown, and uh, yeah. So the next day was Friday. Worked a half day, took the afternoon off, uh, and in the afternoon, I actually went over to Brian's house and we uh, jammed in the basement, which we often do. In in his basement, he has a little room that he carved out for his drums. And um, he's got like a desktop Apple computer and a little drum machine type thing. So, you know, a little nice little space down there. And his friend Kurt was there. Kurt is a Cincinnati musician who seems to uh, know a lot of people in the Cincinnati scene and he's in a band called Carriers. He was also, he used to be in a band called Pomegranates, which I was a fan of um, about 10 years ago. Um, I saw them in Cincinnati a couple of times and I saw them here in New York a few times. Um, anyway, so we jammed, we just literally jammed improv basically doing these 15, 20 minute pieces and after I think four of them you know, were just wiped out. Kurt seemed to Be able to keep going, but Brian and I just sort of like stood up, and you know, you can, you kind of can tell when it's when it's over. (laughs) So then we went upstairs, had a beer, had a three Floyds, uh, had a nice three Floyds beer, which you can get in Cincinnati, you can't get in New York. Um, It's a Munster, Indiana brewery, which is all over Chicago in the Midwest. Very good beer. So let's see, looking at my notes, that was that was Friday. Then we went upstairs and sat in the living room with um, Brian and Beth, and. Beth's sister, Susan, who used to live in Brooklyn also, and also moved back to Cincinnati. Actually, she's in Kentucky. Um, So we hung out and went home, and uh, let's see, the next day, I did my, it was Saturday, I did my stereo project, which I mentioned on the last podcast, a lot easier than I thought it would be. So I took my big 90s era Technics component system, which consists of receiver, 110 CD changer, um, double tape deck and turntable. I also took the seven my 70s Panasonic 8-track player, which has to be the most modern-looking 8-track player. It's just this gorgeous, kind of silvery, woodish, beautiful thing, polished um, aluminum-type thing. And um, also, my 80s-era realistic portable CD player, which actually was battery powered it had a 6c battery pack which i didn't bring i do have it i didn't bring it um and it had and then it also if you're plugging it in it has this triangular power base so when you're plugged in you slide the little like disc man thin disc man thing onto the triangular base and um so it's sort of at an angle the whole thing looks like a triangle i mean it looks cool i think and Anyway, that also was thrown into the big shipment, and it got here, and lo and behold, I don't know if everything else works. It looks fine, but I've plugged in this new CD player, this tiny uh, portable, and it's 30 years old, and it works like a charm, and it's awesome, and I love it. Um, but yeah, it was easy. I just I went to the UPS store near our place early, like, like in the morning, and I just said, look, here's what I'm going to do. How easy or hard is this? How much is it going to cost? I had estimated. It turns out my estimate was like almost right on the dot. And they said, you know, no problem. And I was like, well, how much is it if you guys pack it for me? And it comes out to something, mere dollars. <laughs> it's just like, oh, yeah, you do it. Um, because I'm. It, in general, in life, I'm terrible at packing. I'm terrible at wrapping presents. I'm terrible at packing things. I think I'm scared of being a dealer on eBay because I'm scared of packing and, and mailing things. So, yeah, I was like, great, you guys do it. So I came back around 3 o'clock in the afternoon, just one of those bright, hazy days where it's so bright because it's kind of cloudy, but it's mostly sunny, and like, uh, winter, low sun. So that's me in the parking lot with this low sun. I'm just, like, squinting, and I'm carrying, I had to make three trips from from uh, my parents' car to the uh, <laughs> to the UPS store. I mean, like, literally just 20-foot walks, but, you know, three of those. And, um, yeah, I mean, it took like less than five minutes to just do the entire transaction. And I I asked for the cheapest shipping, which is ground. And they said, okay, it's not gonna, you know, you missed the last, you know, send out today. So it'll be Monday morning. I said, fine with me because it's no rush. And they said, it'll be there Wednesday afternoon. And I said, that's the cheapest. And they're like, yeah, ground is actually super fast. I was like, okay, great. So um, the cheapest option by far took two days and I, I think like the most expensive option which could have only gotten it there in two days, something like eight times as expensive. It's really funny, probably not eight times, but um, So anyway, the stereo project worked. it, it arrived here um, two days late like like they said that Wednesday. Um, I mean it almost beat me back. Anyway, so once I get my hands on some shelf speakers which my brother in law is going to give me from his other he's got it in storage somewhere I'll set up the whole big thing and we'll see how that works <clears throat> let's see moving on so after I mailed that, I drove down to um, down towards downtown Cincinnati because we live out in the Northwest suburbs um, and uh I was craving iced coffee. This is like at four in the afternoon now. And I mean, really craving it. And I would have been fine with a Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks, but the ones I knew were behind me and I didn't want to backtrack. And um, as I was driving down this big main, like ugly street with, you know, car dealerships, one of those roads that goes on forever, there were none. I couldn't believe it. So I thought, okay, well, I have to go to um, Sidewinder. And Sidewinder is like a really awesome hip coffee shop um, in the sort of, Hip, one of the hip neighborhoods of town, but that meant I would I would be robbed of the of the convenience of like a parking lot or you know running in or like a drive through. Like this is a thing where I have to actually park on the street and possibly pay a meter. But I did it. I decided to just like risk a parking ticket. Um, I ran in. I ordered an iced coffee, and who was standing next to me, waiting for his coffee order, was Chuck Cleaver, who is a neighborhood legend in north side cincinnati big he's a imposing looking presence really impressive he's got big long white beard long gray hair uh glasses and dresses in sort of like jeans overall working man type look and he was the guitar player in the ass ponies in the 90s but more importantly to me i mean i like the ass ponies but i really like his band wussy which has been around for 15 years or so now um, and he is a co-lead singer and co-songwriter with a woman named Lisa Walker. She also lives in the neighborhood in Northside, and they are a great, great band. Wow. Anyway, so I just said, "Hey, I'm I'm a fan of your music," and uh, um, so he was very nice. That was a fun little thing. So then I went down to this new bar, which that I was meeting my friend Pete, aforementioned, and also my friend Roth, and a place called Landlocked Social House. And this is an interesting place because uh, it's very like Brooklyn-y, hip, uh, like uh, half coffee shop, half very good brewery. And of course, kind of surprisingly expensive for Cincinnati, which I don't mind because I'm used to everything being so expensive because I live in New York, but it was kind of got a chuckle. I was like, wow, seven bucks for like Twelve 10 ounces of beer? 12 ounces? I was a little surprised. But it was very good. They had three Floyds. They had some Jolly Pumpkin stuff from Ann Arbor. um, And uh, they had had a Jolly Pumpkin Monkish collab. Uh, Monkish is a San Diego, I think, brewery. Very good. Um, Anyway, so Landlocked Social House, which is on McMillan, basically right at I-71. And it faces south that you can actually see half of downtown staring down the, uh because the highways are 71 actually it actually prevents anything from blocking your view um, so it's a nice place, and after that we we did a one more quick one at Urban Artifact, which is back in Northside, the neighborhood I just come from, which is a brewery that specializes in sour beers, um, and they are located in a abandoned church in northside, um, very popular packed place, really good beer. Um, And then after that, I just went home. I was home for dinner. Spent the evening in. Next day, Sunday, I went back to Brian and Beth's in the morning just to have have one more quick hang. Hang with the kids. Brought some uh, donuts from classic neighborhood bakery called Buskin Bakery. If you're ever in Hyde Park, Cincinnati, go to Buskin. It's actually on Madison Road, not too far from, if you listen to the podcast, I think it's Reply All. No. What's the other one? It's like Reply All. Um Yeah, stories about the internet. I'm not sure. Anyway, it's a Gimlet podcast. Gimlet Spotify Gimlet Now. Um Anyway, if you listen to the episode a few years ago about the cursed place of business, like the building where like everything that happens there is cursed, every business is cursed, like a crime happened there. I can't remember. I think a murder? I'm not sure anyway it's right near it's right near that place uh, but the buskin bakery is is certainly not cursed and actually nowhere else in that neighborhood is cursed it's a it's like a, I call it the uh it's like it's just a very kind of like middle class to upper middle class um you know local business thriving type neighborhood um it's nice my sister lives there too and her family although they're considering moving out a bit um anyway Um, The other big thing at home was uh, the new Kroger opened in my my parents' neighborhood. This is a big deal. Um, Kroger is the grocery store chain in Cincinnati. Uh, They're based in Cincinnati corporately, but yeah, they're all over the Midwest. Um, They operate under some other names. They own other brands um, in the South, too. Anyway, so... The old Kroger clothes, which had been there forever, and has been was replaced sort of across the street by a new Kroger Marketplace, which is one of those huge, you know, Wegmans like enormous thing where they even sell some clothes too. And um they have like a Murray's cheese from New York, Murray's Cheese branded Cheese Island. Uh they had a bar, which was I loved. They had this bar where I think this is becoming more and more common in major large uh grocery stores but you can order stuff on tap to drink there sitting at the bar which is located on a little island literally in the middle of a grocery store and um and the beers like also not expensive which is nice um so i went and had one local beer braxton winter something winter something um winter trap uh a nice white sour ale really liked it and i just struck up a conversation with the dude next to me um, great guy from the neighborhood pretty thick accent and lo and behold guy loves the dead and i mean knows his stuff so we were just sitting there talking it was had a really nice 15 minute beer with this guy um and then i went on my way finished the groceries i had i had done most of my non-refrigerated grocery shopping before i had the beer and then after i had the beer i just went and got like the milk my parents requested and the yogurt and then went and paid um and then the next day uh worked half a day, and then again Uber to the airport and flew home and That was my this trip to Cincinnati. It was like kind of a typical trip home over the past year when I go solo, not when I go with the family, but when I go solo, it's just a lot of time at home working at home and just sitting at the kitchen table with my dad and just spending time with him while my mother, who is a saint, just runs around you know basically taking care of them. Obviously I help too when I'm home, but you can tell that she's just like, Ooh, she just does a lot. And, um, anyway, anyway, so it's always bittersweet to leave because I want to, I want to be there, but also I want to get back to here where I have built this life here. And what do you do? And it's just it's a tough situation. So anyway, back in New York, blah, blah, blah. There was some crazy stuff at work, which made the news, which is the old editor of the New York Post is coming back to the New York Post and, you know, he's certainly got a reputation and that led to some really great people deciding to leave, including Jesse Angelo, the publisher and CEO, Remy Stern, head of my department, my boss's boss, a person I admire greatly, admire Jesse too, and, um, and, person named neil who is a web editor another person i admire greatly and so it's always sad to say goodbye to people especially for what i think is a pretty short-sighted reason um but mostly i think it was done for reasons out of our control above us politically above us both corporate political and also i think actual politics political anyway um so yeah not all good news <laughs> feel, actually, this podcast has been kind of depressing this episode um, so but yeah, books let's see I'm still reading that Mark Grief collection of essays against everything i'm getting near the end it's so dense, but boy is it good um, uh, I this the essays I read this past week were Radiohead uh, which was more about the philosophy of music, like he basically says, why the flaw did I talk about this last week? I think I talked about the food one last week, but basically it talks about like. He approaches indie rock and Radiohead in particular uh, from a philosophical point of view, like an actual academic philosophical point of view. Very interesting. Um, he also then the next chapter is more about punk and post-punk from the same sort of similar viewpoint. And he goes off on a mid on a pages long tangent in the middle, which is very common for his essays about um, the similarities between the Grateful Dead and the Velvet Underground. Very interesting, uh, which they are very similar because. You know, they're both kind of like prototypical of a certain thing. They were defining of their cities. They jammed a lot, which um which is I think something that would surprise a lot of people, not the dead, but I mean Velvet Underground would vamp on like, you know, Sister Ray forever, or they would just do they would straight up improv for an hour live. But they had their own style. They would kinda of do it up for like two chord vamps forever. But while the dead would sometimes do that, but more often just kind of go all over the place. Um Let's see. My friend Meg, sent me. she works at Penguin Random House. She sent me a copy of the new Jeff Tweedy book. Uh, I think I mentioned that before. It's still. I'm still reading it. I'm reading that at nighttime. It's incredible. Oh, my gosh. Oh, and then I read that. Do you guys read that Mark Mallory New Yorker piece? Is that his name? Dan Mallory. Dan Mallory. Uh, Dan Mallory, author who writes as A.J. Finn, and it turns out he's sort of a talented Mr. Ripley type who has been less than truthful about his background, pretty, pretty fascinating. It's been a I feel like um, publishing industry is an industry that likes to build up these kind of odd people and then like celebrate them. They, it's almost like they want stars. It's like the publishing industry is glutton for punishment. Anyway, I'm trying to rush through the end here because I know that Oliver's going to return any minute and he's going to run through the door. Um, so let's see, moving on to music. Uh uh, the podcast that I was a guest on, the fish podcast called Beyond the Pond. Uh oh, they're here. Um, they're ringing the doorbell. Uh, I'm going to pause, go open the door, and then I'll have to sign off. Be right back. Okay, so I opened the door, and I th- think this is all going to go well. And I'm going to say also, I went to see Dave Harrington at threes with Nels Klein. Yuka Honda, that was an amazing show. It was ostensibly to to debut his new record, but I feel like they went above and beyond the new record, which I listened to. It was also great. Got a nice Pitchfork review, too, I think. I'll talk more about that next week. Oh, and I love the new Garcia Peoples record. Um, And I guess that's it for the Conrad Life Report, episode 17, Thursday, February 7th, 2019. Oliver, do you want to say see you next time? See you next time. Okay, see you next time.